for sure. 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 Welcome to another episode of For Sure, a 200-foot podcast. I'm Peter. And I'm Jay. And uh, Pete, I hope you're okay with this, but I brought two people. Is that all right? I, I think so, yeah, sure. Like, who, who are they? Well, they were, they were kind of just sitting on the, on the grass outside, and I was like, hey, do you want to, I'm going to go do a podcast. Do you want to just come in and hang out and talk with us? And uh, they said, sure. So uh, one guy's name is, uh, what's your name? Oh, I'm Max Boltman. How you doing? Hey, hey, Max, how are you? And you are? Craig Custance. Craig Custance. Awesome. Okay, so we have a couple of vagrants coming in to talk to us today at, uh, at the For Sure podcast. Um, uh, so, uh, guys, uh, this is being recorded in a, a hallowed space, um, and it's a very big honor to have uh, a couple of randoms to, to, <laughs> to record with us today. Um, so just to give everybody a little bit of a background, uh, Craig Custance is the editor in chief at the Athletic Detroit, Max is a contributor. Is that the first? Oh, he's more than a contributor. He's more than a contributor. I mean, I can assure you that it's actually funny. Prior to this recording, my co-host Pete was like, "Hey, has Max done any podcast before?" And it's I actually kind of downplayed it because Max has been on everything. Right? <laughs> I've done a few in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I cover the Tigers and the Red Wings, and those are two uh, two teams that are both rebuilding. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, podcasts about sort of their prospects and, and I've seen some a lot of those guys so I've I've done the, the tour here. The tour. And then and then Craig's just kind of a newbie. Um just kind of coming onto the scene. <laughs> right? You know, like you've been in New York forever, so it's time to to branch out and 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 really solidify your 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 tool shed as it were. Yes. My, I was about to take a drink of this iced tea that you provided. <laughs> <laughs> Am I supposed to talk at that point? Yes. It's uh I'm gonna plug Max here. Max is we hired him at the athletic um, well, we were you were, you were doing con- contributing in the summer. Yeah. When did we officially hire you in the fall? November. Yeah. November, and he has quickly become on the Tigers beat uh, a must read. And I'm really looking forward to uh, when he focuses attention to the Red Wings as soon as the Tigers season kind of. And we're pretty much at that point. I would say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's dies cool. down, and we're going to turn loose, Max loose even more on the Red Wings than he's already done, and it's going to be great. Yeah, and and I again I'm excited to have the both of you here. Um, this is, in my opinion, the the some pretty big gets. I don't know if Pete agrees. Do you agree, Pete? Kind of. Absolutely. 100%. Oh, good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank thank you for your blind trust. I appreciate that. Um, before we move further, <laughs> I do have to make a shout out to the people that made this possible. And no, I'm not talking about the Red Wings and the uh, great players that'll play before them. No, I'd like to talk to you about the pe- lovely people at uh, Miedma Asset Management, and they're in charge of thejoseats.com. They're currently in charge of selling those, what do, what do you guys want to call these? These pieces of infinity, these these relics, these icons of, of pure arena joy, because think of all of the, the moments that have been absorbed, the popcorn, the, the beer, and, you know, the farts, like everything mm. that these seats have been able to contain for 40 years from this club. It's, it's really phenomenal to, to actually let the fans of Detroit and uh, those who actually just want another piece of history, because I know there are a lot of friends out there 
really like to hold on to a piece of the arena. I myself am the son of a guy who has just bricks from old Comiskey Park and chairs from Tiger Stadium. So we know you're out there and we know you want a piece of this history. So the lovely folks at thejoeseats.com asked me to give them a shout out. Um, they were very kind and very gracious enough to accommodate us here at Joe Lewis Arena. We're sitting in the Joe Lewis Arena locker room. We are sitting next to, not on top of, but next to where the red and green logo was on the ground. So we've just been stepping on it actually the last <laughs> four hours. So take that. <laughs> Hockey rituals. Um, so, yeah, big thanks to the JoeSeats.com. Um, they're also having a uh, an auction in September, so go to JoeSeats.com to uh, check out more information on that. There's a bunch of other things that have yet to be removed as it currently stands, as Craig, Max, and myself are sitting here. Uh, you'd Everything and the kitchen sink is gone. I mean, there are sinks. They're actually working, right? They, they are. They function. Yeah, we tested the, out the, the, sink, the sinks are yeah. working, so... Facilities. It's like it's like Jurassic Park. Uh, Doctor Grant on the phone. Uh, the sinks are working. I feel like I feel like we should set the scene for people a little bit. Like like yeah. an hour ago, we just drove down the locker room hallway in our cars, all three of our cars. Yeah. Uh, have we figured out how we're going to get them out though? I, <laughs> well, like, yeah. I mean, I, I don't have a rear camera on well, my again, Ford we, Fusion. I brought the two uh, things that uh, airline guys, the runway guys, use to back the planes out of the. Uh, um, the tarmac, so we, we we should be good getting out. But that is again for for those of you who want to uh, paint the picture in your own head. Just you know every every picture you've ever seen in publication about this place. You know, just imagine everything being gone. <laughs> so so yeah. there's like you can tell where stuff is. It, it, again, we're talking about fixtures that have been on the walls for 40 years and now that everything's removed, it's all shadows and it's all it's all very eerie. It's all very strange. Um, Chris Chelios' sauna is still mostly intact, which we all know Chris Chelios' physique. Like, the guy stays in shape. So, like, if anything has relation to him, it would be a sauna. That'll be, like, the last thing standing. It'll yeah. The wood from the <laughs> Chelios sauna. The, the, the bulldozing guys come through, and they just, like, ah, oh, geez, there's this, like, thing we can't just roll over. What is it? And there it is in perfect, pristine condition, ready to go. Um, so, you know, we wanted to take this opportunity to uh, – you know, kind of just chat about some uh, some recent uh, uh, topics that have uh, happened. Um, you know, I, I, I want to lead off with the Hall of Fame class, which I, I don't know if you guys are aware, but really the most deserving guy is getting in, which is currently our commissioner. <laughs> I knew where you were going with <laughs> Mr. this, Jay. Mr. Knowing Gary your, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, not to, you know, be really weird about, you know, how it's absurd that someone's getting in and then we're on the eve of, you know, another lockout, but, you know, is, is there anything that, um, you know, from a Red Wings perspective, I don't know who else is really technically waiting to get in, right? There's not really too many folks, but, you know, we're, you know, now we're sitting in this locker room and we have a chance to reflect on, you know, those who did go in. So, you know, Craig, I think what, who are you sitting in front of right now? Are you, is this supposed to be Iserman or Lidstrom where you're? So I, yeah, this I would be in the stall. I'm trying to think of the most recent. I, I'm pretty close to where Pavel Datsuk would have changed. That's like I'm basically in his stall. If he was, if he had not left in the building, he's still here. Right. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So you know, I think that's an interesting place to start. If you're just keeping this very red, red, red wing centric, which is a mouthful. Like, I think. I mean, is Pavel Datsuk? Uh, where is he in that? In that conversation, once he's eligible for you, I for for me, I think he does get in. I, I 
it's it's so weird because you talk to people where they get into their like they either launch into their emotional reasons why, but then there's statistical reasons why. Yeah. I, I think statistically and impact of the game and how he was able to entertain and and play the game of hockey, I think absolutely. And I'm plugging our own show here for sure. Yeah, he's. He, I think he's definitely in, but like. Emotionally, I think I would be a lot more comfortable of with him going in if there was some amends made or, um, or at least like a farewell something because it's it's really weird to the Red Wing just because of the way it ended. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, yeah. you know, and then you know, kind of along the same lines with like you know Fedorov a little bit. It's like you know, you wish he had like something. I mean, I don't know. I I'm not saying I need a lot, but like it'd be kind of cool if we did like. You know, like a heritage night, right? And like, hey, Pav's dropping the puck, and we talked to him for a little bit, and then, you know, just something. But like, we're kind of just like, okay, he left, and he hasn't really come back yet, but like, he like he gives us shout-outs or whatever. So like, he knows us, he remembers us, but, um, you know, I, again, I, but I don't know what, I don't know how soon. I, I'm, well, he's still playing, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, if there's anything to... to <laughs> make it even more frustrating is it's like, okay, so we left and he's still playing. He's just not here. Right. <laughs> he's just not here. And he's so. good. Like I saw him at the worlds in Denmark and he's still Pavel Datsuk. Like he was, he was playing for Russia and looked great. And it's, it's funny because he, it is almost out of sight, out of mind. And he, okay, he left the NHL, so we don't need to talk about him anymore. But then you watch, you know, it's it's funny to think of what he could have meant to even this transition period for the Red Wings and yeah. giving you know the, these young players that are coming in you know imagine him playing with Zadina or some somebody like that where you're not bringing in Vanek or something to do that you know yeah yeah I I would have tremendously liked a newest a newer version of the two kids in a goat line you know here's what on earth is okay okay all right that's that's perfect thanks is that a pop-up uh that's that, stuff, that, you're, that, something that, you don't get at the athletic i'm gonna plug our, uh, no, no, away. Videos. no videos <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness that's oh, that's great i, I kind of actually want to leave that in pete i'm gonna leave that in that was, that was, okay it was nice it was clean and we're all friends here so anyways before being so rudely interrupted by the uh by yourself by myself um yeah, yeah, I think that there's something to be said for uh, his his impact on it, and I and I again want a two kids and a goat line 2.0 because what's weird is like calling Pavel Datsuk as you said, like he's still really good, yeah. right? And then like what if you paired him with Rasmussen or you know uh, even even once it, like so Zadina's supposed to you know push to, to to come on in and stuff, so it's like all the the wealth of his knowledge. I feel like that's something the wings are. Goodness. I'm done. Jay. I'm done. Just close the I'm browser, done. man. It's, it's closed. It's done. <laughs> Stop surfing the web while you're talking on listen, your podcast. Listen, I am that guy. I am literally setting my fantasy lineups as I'm talking to you guys. I have to admit it. That, that is my guy. Who you got? No. We're not going there. Uh, actually, my first line is... Uh, I'm, I'm starting out with uh, Ryan Getzlaff at uh, center. Um, uh, and, again, but that's... That's me, but what? What? How far off do you think? I mean, does you think if he just stops now, is he like the next ballot, or you? But obviously, the next eligible ballot because it's three years, right? To yeah, to be to be years, yeah. There yeah. there is a waiting There's, period, yeah, so is. it's like if we want this to happen soon, we need him to hang him up soon. So my, one of the things that I, when I'm doing an evaluation, you want the guy to be the most 
dominant or in the conversation for the best at his position for a stretch of time in the league, right? If we're holding it to a very high standard rather than numbers accumulation. And I think Pavel Datsuk clearly, when he was at his best, was one of the three best centers in the game, right? And I, and I think what, what always uh, impressed me about Pavel Datsuk was the kind of the way he was held and esteemed by other players. So when you would talk to, I, remember that one All Star where he was like the first pick, wasn't he? In like yeah. The, in the, and it was like to these guys, it was a no brainer. They're like, Pavel Datsuk's a bit, like, I hate playing against him. <laughs> you know, the way he defends, the way he can score. And so when you talk to players at Pavel's peak, they, like, he was, in their minds, the best player in the league or one of the best players in the league. So that to me puts him. Well, and I'd also argue like one of the big criteria for, for the Hall of Fame should be ways that you change the game or, or like things that you accentuated the game and, and him as a deeker, right. I would say set the tone for a generation, maybe more than a generation of players, especially like right at the beginning of the shootout era for tiebreakers. Some of those deeks that he had, like, like those are iconic. Yeah. So I, I think that to me makes it, um, makes it, a, makes it pretty clear for me. I will say to your point, especially, and, and this is different for various leagues, but like, the way that a fan base rallies behind a player, I think, does tend to affect like their Hall of Fame "quote unquote" candidacy. Especially, you saw in like baseball, like everyone rallying behind like Tim Raines, for example. Yeah. And and if you've got a fan base that's fractured on a certain guy, and, and I think that those wounds heal, and especially when the ballot comes up, like Red Wings fans aren't going to hold that against him too hard. No, because but, any 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 highlight reel you show, because when they announce, they have like what you know a, a five minute thing, or like and you know coming in. And they're going to be like, I was mad, but then I, then I saw him turn Marty Turco inside out, and <laughs> gosh, <laughs> and I just can't stay mad back. at you. <laughs> you know, right, exactly. So I think, I think those wounds heal, but it is an interesting point in that context. How many, like how, and I don't have a great sense of this, Jay, maybe you would know better, like how mad is the Red Wings fan base at Pavel Datsuk right now still? Uh, I, and Pete, this is actually really glad that I, that I get to say this. Our, um, our mutual friend... JJ at uh, Winging at Motown uh, wrote a very nice uh, piece. Kind of, I th- he articulated his thoughts very well, and I'd like to think that maybe the way he said it is a lot of the way that fans feel. Maybe they just don't know how to express it. Which is, like, on one level, yes, you love the guy, da, 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 but like just the way it went down, like there's just something that's just really tugging at your fan strings, and it's like. Grr. Me personally, I am I, I, like I said. I would love for some sort of inroad to be made. I, you know, again, I don't know what that would look like. I don't know if it's a secret meeting at Denny's to form a, a statement to then release on social media the next day, or you know, or a surprise thing like, hey, like he's brought on as like an ambassador or whatever, mm-hmm. or like a like a special teams coach, or just something like all of a sudden, hey, Dad's who's been gone forever, but now boom, he's back and he has an influence on on what they're trying to build here. I, I think that can mean a lot, but I still I, I think that people are almost, at least from what I've seen, kind of almost <laughs> very middle of the road, kind of teetering back and forth. Because like on a certain day, they're like, "I am so mad that he left us in the lurch like that." Like yeah, that was a, it was a bad spot. Yeah, it was, and like you know, I, I know we've talked to people who probably have more bombastic and explosive ways to say because they're like, "Oh, he screwed the deal. He's a he's a traitor." And I'm like, "No, no, no." I think. I think it was just an awful turn of events, and you know whether there needs to be—I don't, I don't care who goes first. Just somebody say, "Hey, I want to fix this." Who can yeah. 
how, how do we how do we make this better? And I think that would go a long way because I don't think they're I don't think any Wings fan wants to forever be mad at him. I guess they just want that because I, I think what's nice about his impact about on on both hockey but also Red Wings fans as usual, he's was like great like like ninety nine percent of the time, right? Yeah. So we were gonna forgive him in a second. Like if he shows up and he like saves a baby from a burning building, like that's even less than that. Like I think they would be. Say, that's a that's pretty a high, high bar. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, all he right. has yeah. to do to earn your all forgiveness, Pavel, if you're listening, <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, so when they read this, uh, when they play this as the uh, in my arson case, like, so you said that you would set a building on fire and put an infant on there, and Datsuk has to save it in order to make inroads. It it's was, like, hey, Pavel Datsuk is now an honorary French citizen. What? How did that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's also interesting though because you mentioned like, like him coming back and having some kind of role, like whether it's like you know like a development camp or something. But like, isn't that like part of the thing? Like he wants to be in Russia. Like he's also still playing. Have I mentioned that? He's yeah. <laughs> and here is your five-minute reminder that Danzuk is still currently playing. I, mean, I know you guys want hockey. him to be the assistant coach, but he, you know. Yeah, we. we really I'm talking long term. Yeah, like, yeah, but, but you know. like, I, certainly he could do what Nick Lidstrom's doing and live in, who's living in Sweden and scouting players over there. And I, I'm really not sure what Nick Lidstrom's doing, but <laughs> but and then popping over here and, and being an ambassador of sorts and showing up at game, games or whatever. And um, you know that's. Having Pavel Datsuk, even if it's in Russia, in the organization is still a valuable resource to have. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. So when he's done playing, when <laughs> when he has concluded his 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 time playing the sport of hockey, how which, old is he? Forty yet? He, yes, I'm fairly convinced that regardless of his age, he is aging like a wizard. He is like he's like Gandalf the Red. He just, right. the, the older he gets, like he he could probably just start like meditating on the ice. Like hovering himself around and well, still he plays that game right. Where he's not skating a ton, right? So it doesn't. And, and on the big ice, especially, that's where it's, he has the space to operate. Where I don't know if he could do it. I mean, not this is you know an exercise in futility in the NHL on the smaller rink because the way teams back check and all that. But he right right now it's almost perfect for him his situation to keep playing. Yeah. So may, may whatever fountain of youth he's drinking from be everlasting, and and then just stop and come come home. Just come home, please. Homes to Russia, also. Home, home, you, right. you do know that. I, I, I like how at the conclusion of this episode, it's going to be just Max and I saying things, and then here's Craig as the voice of reason. Uh, I, a, I was on board with he's, he wants to be in Russia. I said like three minutes ago. You just, you just selectively tuned it out. I know, I know. It's just going to be fun to, to go around and look at all the different uh, reasons why everything I say, Craig, is exactly right there to just keep everybody... By the way, sorry, just want to... Just want to be clear, this is a player still playing. <laughs> still playing for a team that is not here. This um, is what it's like when he edits stories. Yeah, next season's on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, okay, so another uh, item that I wanted to, because so now we're talking about like players and getting their just desserts. Um, the Ducks are retiring Korea and Niedermeyer's numbers. We're throwing it back to the early, mm. early aughts here. And this is something I wanted to talk to you guys about because. Um, I don't know if there's another, and I'm making a big admission here, so I apologize to anybody else here. Paul Correa is one of my favorite players of all time, and I think he had the absolute worst hand dealt him. Yeah. And, like, I, I know it's kind of incrementally, like, making up, like, I just am glad that he's around the game again, because he was a ghost for a long time, which, hey, do what you need to do, bud, because... 
again, <laughs> the league still continues to, to wave the not, we can't confirm or deny flag about the effects of what the game has. So, like, Paul Correa has been through it. We've all seen it. We know the evidence is there. But, you know, I'm so glad he's around. So, like, in, as far as retiring a number for, for, for these guys, I mean, is that, you know, is, is there, I don't know, like, can you be happy because <laughs> because they're because they're ducks? I mean, like, and and, and oh, like so they're opposing as a teams. Red like, Wings fan, yeah, yeah, and and, and and you know, I, I don't know about Nieder, I didn't follow Niedermeyer as much, but like to see Paul Green, I, I don't know. I I guess I'm venting in the sense of like I sometimes I feel like fan bases can be so negative to each other, like the infighting of like you can't like that. I'm like, but I like that. Mm-hmm. I like Paul Green. You can like Paul Korea. I, yeah. I can like Paul Korea. So yeah. Like, I, I, like, so just like from one hockey folk to another, like, do you find yourself policing how often you profess your interest or or fandom of somebody, or does that really just not even well, register? I, so we have the lucky, you know, the we're at a place where we can appreciate everybody on some level without repercussion. Like you, you know, when you're doing what we do, the kind of check the fandom at the door, and you can you can appreciate. Alex Ovechkin for being Alex Ovechkin or, you know, when I was growing up in Detroit, Scott Niedermeyer in a Devils jersey looks a lot different, you know, to me than when I'm covering the sport and he's, you know, playing for the Ducks. So, yeah, I think that's one of the things I love about our job is, is you can just sit there and appreciate a talent without any clouded, you know, hatred or anything like that, that you can reserve for other sports that you're not covering on a daily basis. Right. I, I agree with that 100%. It's really liberating. But um, also, like, you know, Paul Curry was one of my first three or four action figures I had when I was a kid. Like, <laughs> really? Yeah. And so, like, like, I only know him through the lens of being, like, you know, from, like, age, like, four to, I think I was, what, 12 or 13 when you are tired or whatever I was. Like, you know, I like I have no, no uh, – inhibitions and saying i think that guy's incredible i mean I, yeah you know and and even that's before i was even had the idea to be a journalist like i think i think tell us know. more about the was it a starting lineup or yeah yeah I was this a mcfarland special you're like, about the action figures yeah, oh yeah. yeah oh i mean i just so i would i had my dad uh used to have a block company like so he'd make wooden blocks and so i had all these blocks and i would kind of build these like arenas and i would put on um, like a like a flat surface of wood i had you know I don't know, 10, 15 action figures, and I would make kind of my all-star lineup. So I had Paul Correa was the first one I had. I, I want to say I had a Yager was a big one that I had a lot. Um, I don't know if I had Osgood or Hasek, but it was a Red Wings goalie. And I don't know if the other one was – I want to say it was Tom Barrasso. Does that sound right? Yeah. That could be. Um, so I, mean, I don't know. I didn't see your collection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but for, the, for the era, for the era, to us, and then you have to describe it to everybody there. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to figure out who all it would have been. Um, but yeah, like ten to fifty, I would set them up, and I would, you know, I had uh, these little kind of beads, and I would just like bubble hockey, but I could actually just it was actual players, and I could just manipulate them with my hands to like pat, try to pass to each other and whatever. Do that on the floor while I was watching watching games. I you. you I love that. (laughs) I didn't want to step all over your your, your childhood. Yeah. But I, Jay, you mentioned something, and I don't want to gloss over it. But the, you know, Paul Correa, the fact that he he left the game and basically left on, you know, didn't want to be a part of the discussion. I think him kind of reemerging is is pretty important because, you know, the the concussion battle, and it's not a fun thing to talk about, or I don't know fans so. But I think when you have a voice like Paul Correa talking about the impact. Um, that can then go with some, like really, like if you look at the 
the lawsuit. A lot of times it's, it's not the big names that are getting involved. And so I think if you have a Hall of Fame player, somebody who made an impact like Paul Korea speaking out, I, I, think that, I think that's necessary. I absolutely agree. And again, I think his it, – it's so weird to think back because they made a whole commercial about – the exact problem. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he gets rocked, but then he, no, he's back on the ice and he scores the goal. Like, yeah, hockey is blindsided. Please, <laughs> please like my sport, right? right. And then it's yeah. like, oh man, like, and then he's gone. And yeah. then, so yeah, to have him back, I mean, it's like, it's it's everything I wanted, and and a little bit more. I mean, I mean, you really can't top his appearance in Mighty Ducks three. You know, when he's <laughs> when he does the interview with the with the college kid who's calling the game. I mean. That kid's probably still dining out on that. I'm like, hey, uh, you know, back when I was at school, I, you know, I interviewed Paul Korea. You know, the Seton Hall Ducks, they're, they're pretty good. Um, okay, so just wanted to uh, quickly get your thoughts on a couple of things. So think of this as like maybe like a crossfire, rapid fire thing. Okay. So I'm just lightning round. Embrace lightning, debate. Lightning round. And then right. Embrace you know, debate. <laughs> okay, so uh, does Max Pacioretty wear a Canadian's uniform when the season starts? Oh, Max. Yes. You're saying yes. Yeah. I'm gonna say no. Okay. Um, I'll let you go first. You answered first. Uh, I mean, it's just getting, it's getting, it's getting there. Like, I, I mean, <laughs> right, like, right, like, yeah, right. Like, it's August second. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Yeah, timing isn't yeah. great. And I was just talking to somebody yesterday with a team. I was ask, asking about another player who's on the trade block, and he's like, "What's happening now is you expect to make these changes around the draft, and you start to think, okay, I can go into camp with our our roster now, and I'm okay, and we, you know." I don't have to use cap space. And so I think there's less pressure. You've had time to kind of marinate on it. And and do you really want to give up the asking price? So I can see where just the time element of it. I just think if you're Mark Bergevin and you're Max Pacioretty, like this is a, you're in Montreal. It's a daily issue. Oh, yeah. You know, he's such a high profile player there and a captain and whatever. And it's like, you know, do you want this to become a daily story or do you want to just move on from this? And I can tell you, you know, the player certainly would like to move on and, and have a have his some certainty about his future. And and he's he's a bit of a cerebral player and a guy that's he's a thinker. And I, I think it would just do him well to ha- to kind of know what what the future looks like. And so there, from that from that perspective, there's a benefit for Montreal. There's a benefit for Max. But if you're the uh, you know, it takes two to tango, right? Yep. Yep, yep. I think he's going to look great in a Preds uniform. So, is that where you're at? Yep. Yeah. yeah. I think I, I think every t- I think that should be the cosmic curse that Mark Bergman has. Every whatever whatever screw up happens, that person always finds greater pasture in, in Nashville. In Nashville. <laughs> yeah. What would you ask from that? For now, I'm curious. What would you ask from from Nashville for him? Oh, well, he's got it. He's in his last year of his deal. Right. So that's. I mean, it comes down to: Are you extending him, and what does that look like? And Max is. Kind of he's changed agents, so that's you know, there's there's a lot. Yeah, that's the other part too. That's like oh, okay, so you're mm, okay, sure. So on some like if you're just reading the tea leaves, there's some element of frustration with Max. Like, and this would just be guessing, basing what we see, but yeah, that something hasn't happened, and yeah, there's somebody to blame or whatever. Like he's doing whatever he can on his eye, and so, um, so yeah, there's a lot of factors if you're trading for him, but at this point. You can't ask for that you much. You can't ask for that. Y- yeah, much. you well, can't. In, in Montreal, and then and then if you're Mark Bridgman and you don't hit a home run with this deal, yes. you look like man. you look like you're carrying the plant down the hallway again. <laughs> right? He can't, he can't have another suspect deal on his record. I don't think. No, and especially you know the Tavares thing just happened. Like like people like if, if you have if you have a star player and he's going to leave, 
Like you have to move him now. Like right. you can't get burned that same way. And I think so. Columbus. I think if I'm guessing who gets traded first, I'm saying Panarin does. For that reason, where they're they're very cognizant of this is we have this chip where we need to maximize it. And if he's not, if he, if they clearly want him to stay in Columbus. But I think that's a group that is probably going to try to maximize his value when they can. Perfect. Um, there's some guy named Carlson that's been talked about. Oh, yeah, um, William. Yes, yeah, it's our, William Carlson's arbitration yeah, William, case on William, Saturday. Yeah, Wild, Wild Bill. <laughs> Wild Bill Carlson. <laughs> um, so in, in, in actual uh, earnestness, um, does Eric Carlson play in Canada <laughs> when the season starts, or is he going to be in – is he taking his talents to Tampa? Um, first of all, that, we, that was the worst lightning round ever. Our light, Max Patch ready lightning round lasted <laughs> yeah, 20 I minutes. I kept mine like know. three words. I know. I, I forgot <laughs> I we were in lightning I round. I, I wanted to let you guys go because I, I wanted Sorry to see if that. the realization was going to hit you. That was, that was going to be great. So, um, uh, Carlson, I think he starts in Ottawa. Starts in Ottawa? Okay. I, I agree for the same reason. Okay, right. So I'm not going to explain any of it because I no, went over no, Max Patch right <laughs> No, that's, that's, the, that's the beauty <laughs> of the lightning round. It's... Listen, this is the 50s, right? You just If you say it with enough gumption and certainty, people will believe you. They didn't have the internet back then. You just say it with fervor, and then people are like, wow, he knows. And I'm going to add this, because I can't do a lightning round yeah. really well. <laughs> if, I'm a, if I'm a Red Wings fan listening to this, you're rooting hard against an Eric Carlson trade. because oh. You're rooting hard because chances are if a team trades for Carlson now, they're extending him. And he's... he's you know, I think the Red Wings internally hope to make a splash in the summer of 19. I, I know they do. And he would be target number one. And if you remove him uh, from the market, you remove Ekman Larson, Drew Doughty, all of a sudden you're like, okay, Tyler, say like it's it starts yeah. to get really hard to make a split. You can have all the cap yep. space in the room and all the new shiny buildings you you want. Yep. But if you don't have the player, so Red Wings fans should just root hard for Ottawa to be status quo. Perfect. Um, the uh, Jets. They they recently signed Hellbuck. Um, do you think the Jets are going to uh, continue to be a force to get further? I, I I my personal opinion is I think that they are angry and a little upset at the series that eliminated them. So do you see the Jets as still progressing, or is this a is this a Oilers overachievement in one year, and that maybe they're not as good as they? I will say I like the Jets a lot. And I think they've already done their Oilers, where they make the playoffs and they take a step back. They've, okay. already, they've already had that step with this group. I think we're at the point in the Jets' competitive cycle where they're going to be good for a very long time. I agree. I think Kyle Connor's incredible. I think he's going to continue to be a very good player for them, and they're only going to add. I mean, they're, they're at a point where I think they, they have a lot of room to go up. Yep. That's a good team. Well built. Patient. They, hit, they got lucky when they needed to get lucky. It's, they're in a good spot. Yep. Okay, so, um, and then the last headline, uh, Philip Zadina, Red Wing, at the start of the mm. season. <sighs> well, we don't have any benefit of seeing him in an exhibition game. I know, already. that's what's so great about it, right? You basically have to go only on the gut reaction and the smiles on everybody's faces back when we drafted him. I feel like I got lost in the deluge. Did we ever hear solidly whether he's eligible to start the season in the NHL? Oh, yeah, so... I can just tell you the the again lightning round. I'm gonna <laughs> lightning round. It could be you, you have to follow up. Um, the Red Wings believe he is eligible to be HL. Last I did a story on this. It's been now maybe a month, but um, 
He cleared it with the league. The league feels like they have enough evidence to send him to the AHL. At some point when this comes to a head, there's going to be some pushback from Halifax, and I, that's, I guess, until we see that actually happen. What can they do, like, legally? Like, wh- like what happens? Like, why is that different from, like... I guess if you say he wasn't on loan, or I, it, I guess it depends on what. But what's exact, the consequence? And like, oh, what can Halifax do if yeah. they if the NHL just be mad? I don't know. What are you gonna do? Anger the NHL? Right. Because it's a dumb rule. Not to really get sidetracked, but right. My goodness, like at least have one exemption per team where you can send your prospect to the AHL. But anyways, I think he starts in the AHL. I think he starts in the AHL. Okay. I I think he's on. The, I think he makes the team. I think I think we're all. I think I he think hasn't even scored an exhibition goal. So how can you put him on the he team? Did. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting him on the are team you, are because you not counting the red and white game as an exhibition goal <laughs> oh, yeah. over time. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I know shootout goals don't count, but we were talking about dangles earlier, and he's got the dangles. Um, Pete had a question for the both of you, or a couple questions. So Pete, fire away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, just for for people listening at home. Um, I'm sitting in my in my office in New Jersey, and uh, obviously with with two guests and you guys all being there, like I don't want to talk over anybody. So I just want to make sure I I, I you know because I, I came up with a couple of questions for each of you. So, um, Craig, first, um, this is our 28th episode. So I saw that you've done 38 episodes of the full 60. Um, so I know you know Jay and I have learned you know a ton in the last year doing this. So my question is, what have you learned the most from doing the podcast, both about podcast, you know, just doing the show podcasting, but also about hockey? What have I learned about hockey doing the podcast? Well, I, I mean, what have you learned about hockey? You know, from the people you talk to, yeah. Um, and then, like, what have you learned just about the, the process of actually doing a podcast? Yeah. So it's. It's an interesting question. I, I haven't taken, you know, whatever it is, 30 ep- episodes in, I don't mm-hmm. know if I've taken time to kind of reflect on. It's It's really, I was actually just talking about it today. Like, I've been winging it. every Like, every week it's just a scramble. I'm like, oh, who am I going to have on? Like, I, I, at some point, I think what I'm going to have to learn is to be more prepared in terms of setting guests up. Because I, I don't want to have a lot of repeat guests. Just because mm-hmm. of the style of the podcast is I want them to be listenable for eternity for the most part. So, like, sure. how many times can I ask, you know, Larry Brooks was my guest this week. You know, we got into how he got into newspaper business and his path to the Hall of Fame. Well, I can't bring him back. I'm asking those same questions, right? right. So right. I think my biggest challenge for in, in terms of that is, is going to be guest selection and finding a way to, you know, once I expand out of the, the circle of people, I could just phone up real quick and say, oh, I got to record one today, you know, what, what that looks mm-hmm. like. Um, and then the other thing is, is I – I think what I've learned is that's most successful is um, people tend to want even more than they want to be entertained. They want to learn something when they're putting an hour into listening to something. So whether that's learning something new about the team they like or learning something new about something they can apply to their life even. And I try to, like these are some accomplished people I'm getting on there. So I try to draw out of them things that the listener can say, you know, okay, that's something I can, I didn't know or I, I, I can use in my own life somehow. And I think people find a lot of value in that. I will say, as far as repeat guests, you can bring Frank Provenzano on a million times and it's not going to get <laughs> he's old. He's already got like the green jacket for <laughs> five episode appearances. Frank doesn't count. He's, he's basically a co-host. Yeah, as you say, you might as well just tear off. It was funny. I was thinking, yeah, having a guest back, that's really bad. No, but obviously, like, you know, like your podcast and our podcast are two different types of, two different types of shows. Um, 
All right, so so Max, I like I said, I had a couple of questions, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do this one because this is this is probably the most interesting one for me. Um, you know, before you came on, I read some of your article. You know, I, I've read your articles in the past, but I, I read back through to just you know see what you've been covering um, and looked at your bio, etc. You know, so you know, according to your bio, you know, when you were in Michigan, you covered football and men's basketball, and then now obviously you cover the Red Wings and the Tigers. And I know for me, ever since I really got into writing about the Red Wings and, you know, do the podcast and stuff about hockey, it, it kind of feels like for me, it'd be really hard to, to kind of have that level of commitment to, to more than one sport. So, so what are some best practices that you've learned when you're covering multiple sports? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, first of all, like I was the kind of kid who watched sports center on loop. So I felt like I got like a lot of kind of baseline that way. Um, I, and so that, that helped, but yeah, like when you're actually, covering those teams it's like read everything you have to read people around the league you have to follow people around both leagues so that like you know I have Twitter as an IV hooked into my veins anyway so it helps to kind of know everything that's going on from that perspective and you're getting you know that side just as a baseline because that way when you have conversations with people um, you don't seem like you're out of the loop and I and I think that's actually huge when, when you're talking about talking to players coaches or whatever um, you know, you want to know what's going on in their sport. Now, you don't want to, like, talk like you know their sport better than them, and that's probably the, the biggest other key is, like, you have this these access to people, and, like, the fundamental part of our job is to ask questions. And so, like, how do you get up to speed on a sport, like, without living it exclusively? It's like, you ask questions of people who are really, really smart about it. So mm -hmm. if, if you have time in, you know, a manager's office or a coach's office or anything like that, um, you, you know, use that to ask the questions that um, – that maybe will get you to closer to that level of expertise, I guess. If that makes sure, sense. Yeah. That's great. And again, uh, it's kind of weird because I know everybody's listening. Like when Max says he has Twitter as, as an IV, he means it. He walked in with the catheter and everything. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's not what an IV is. It's, 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 it's kind of grotesque. And I know, and I, and, yeah. I, and I want you to know that I know that I said that wrong. Yeah. I know you don't believe me. I just wanted to see if you were thinking. So, hey, 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 Jay, ER is now on Hulu. You can, uh, you can get that. <laughs> IP Twitter. Yeah. 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 I mean, I know, I've seen every episode of Law and Order, Gosh, and I'm pretty sure I can go in and argue a case. So. <laughs> Just the joke goes over <laughs> both of your heads. This is great. Um, okay, so uh, that's uh, fantastic and loving things to, to be said out loud to, to each of us right now. Um, so our uh, so that's that was our headline segment. We've we believe everybody who thinks that th those are the those are the Stories that we felt needed to be covered by these, this, uh, by us four specifically. Anything else, you're on your own. Anything else, you know how to use the internet. You can ask other people questions, but that's what we thought. So um, this next segment, uh, we wanted to focus specifically on where we're sitting because for those of you just tuning in, which maybe you did literally just download the podcast and just <laughs> drag that needle right to about 35 <laughs> minutes in. <laughs> Um, I, that's how I listen to yeah, every podcast. Every every <laughs> political podcast. I always like to go right in the middle of the episode and just hear what everybody's screaming about, and then try. Do you know what I together. actually do that with the uh, Mark Maron podcast? I mm. I skip the first fifteen minutes to go oh, yeah. to the interview. Just I was to, just thinking that too. Yeah. <laughs> no, like I'm sure Mark's whatever he does in the first fifteen minutes is great. I just. And the other thing, people, I, really, I love getting sidetracked. The other thing I've yeah. learned people do with podcasts <laughs> is they listen to it at double speed or one point five times. 
that people yeah. say, oh, I listen to a full 60, but it only takes me like 20 minutes. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. that's weird to me. Cause yeah. I, must sound I, tr- like- I tried it and I could not do it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like those are the people who have like the podcast IV. Like they need to just get as many podcasts. Just like-, like if you're listening at double speed. Yeah, that's that's. Yeah, I've that's, I have also found the gospel that is the double speed. You have, so yeah, you're in that. Camp. Yeah, I I do. There's there's a lot of movie podcasts that I like to listen to, but like, again, we're talking we're podcasts for people, right? Yeah. We like to talk, yeah. and then all of a sudden it's two hours later, and you're yeah. like, oh my god, what? Yeah. What am I supposed to do? But See, um, I'm, a, I'm a car podcast listener, so yeah. like I Ooh. like I like to be able to zone out and then come back in and not have missed. So much like if you're listening on double speed, you can get really lost that way. Just the audio would mess with you. Like it doesn't yeah. sound oh, weird yeah. that it's. Oh, uh, what's weird pitch. is it's funny because that's the exact problem I had. But when you try it, it's it's, right. it's not bad. I mean, I, again, I wouldn't. I, I can't blanket say like do everything because like there are some things like there are some comedy podcasts where like timing sure. and like like giving you a chance to actually process the information it, it does help. I'm not saying it's like listening to an old cassette tape on. On fast forward, right? It's like, it? like, oh, okay, cool. That's that's that was the entire Emerson, Lake and Palmer that I just listened to. Great. Are you guys too young to remember where you have the double cassette and you would hit play and record copying one t- tape oh, to another? I, I 100% had that, yeah. And it, you could do it super fast, like there was like the yep. dubs, fast dub speed. I used to have one of the, like a jam, like a jam box that had two tapes. Oh, that's yeah, perfect. Is that another word for CD or? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would, I still remember, I, I would record songs off the radio. So like too, if yeah. I was like, oh man, I, I like, I want to hear this song or something. I'd, I'd sit there for hours and then just hope that like the DJ didn't do like an overly long intro. Cause then yeah. like you missed the first 20 seconds. Yeah. I can tell yeah. you what songs I have, like the DJ talking over the beginning of like in my head, I can that I recorded off the radio. Yeah, yeah. Very, very recently, I downloaded um, a, a bunch of ELO stuff, and a bunch of it was stuff that people recorded. So it's like this super British guy, like, hey, "This is BB Eighties, uh, you know, talking about Electric Light Orchestra, the outfit from from Jeff Lynne." And it's the entire <laughs> intro to One Hundred Five Three Eight Overture, and he stops talking just as Jeff Lynne comes in to sing. I'm like, "You, that's not all the, buddy." Do your own podcast. <laughs> Introduce the songs on your own time. We're here to listen to music, not to talk. So, anyways, um, so we are sitting currently in the locker room at Joe Louis Arena. So, uh, I'm going to say this is a, gosh, what, a 60 by 30 foot room. Um, maybe even a little bit bigger than that. Um, is it 10 degrees warmer than when we started? Probably, okay. you know, <laughs> because of the egos in the room. Right? So, <laughs> the, the, the residual the hot uh, air. Yeah. <laughs> the, the residual hot air in the room. Um, so, uh, in its current state, the uh, locker room has been uh, ripped clean, uh, basically uh, kind of swallowed by by the desert, kind of like in Raiders of the Lost Ark, wiped clean by the wrath of God. There's only uh, some carpet left. The uh, winged wheel is uh, removed. Only that. They didn't, didn't like just take an X-Acto knife and just take the square about it. They only took the wheel, which is... Which is it? Like, I feel like the degree of difficulty. So, like, we're looking, it's right over Max's shoulder. I'm looking at the ground and the carpet where someone actually, with an X-Acto knife, carved out the logo so you can still see the shape of the winged wheel. Whereas I would have just taken a rectangular, sliced it out, and then maybe cut it later. Yeah, or I I mean, I don't In terms of strategy of removing logos from carpets. Yes, I I think that's something that every sports writer needs to (laughs) to know. Because you never know if you're going to find yourself in an abandoned arena after the team has left and right. you know and uh, but you know we're we're, we're kind of sitting here and reflecting you know and and with Max and and Craig being uh r- reporters that means they've had to gone into they've had to go into the belly of the beast many a time so 
you know, from, from you know, I'll kind of let you guys kind of riff on this a little bit because I, I myself, I'm, I'm still kind of new to the locker room game. You know, I mean, I've been in here as a fan a bunch, but actually working it when there's actual, you know, other human beings in here, like you're, you know, as far as like working the locker room, like being back in here, seeing in its current state, like what are, what are your thoughts going through your head? Is it is it tough to believe that this was once, you know, like a as manicured as it possibly could be room where, you know, we're talking 18 people and a coach all, you know, the, the, like they've they've won championships in here. They've lost championships in here. Like this is it's it's bizarre to just be sitting where all of that happens. Yeah. So how do you. It's it, to me. It's almost like you know the those movie scenes where they have like the end of times, and maybe they flash for a second. And you can see the city in its perfect state, and then it's back to how it really is now. Like I'm looking, like I'm looking to my left, where it would be a, the line of dressing room stalls where Nick Lidstrom would have been, and I can picture it. Per like I, I and looking at it, I can picture you know waiting to talk to Nick and. And the beautiful thing about talking to Nick is he was so agreeable and he would talk about anything in the world and you could basically get him to agree with anything. Like, you'd be like, isn't Alex Ovechkin the best player in the league right now? He's like, oh, yes. He was so nice. Yes, he is. And then <laughs> yes, he is. Kind of, you, next day you're working on the Sidney Crosby story. Isn't Sidney Crosby the best player? <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Sidney's very good. Very, you know. And and it's so it's still in a state now where I can look around and, and very clearly picture what was, you know, even above, like I'm looking now into the kind of the sky a bit and there's, this it looks like you know two-sided velcro where those were once all photos of old red wings greats through the years and it's you know it's still easy for me to picture all those i, I was never in here ever so this is my first time in this locker room because i i wouldn't have been a reporter when they were yeah. playing here i mean I, I think i did one game freelance for the ap with like larry lage and i was late down here because i didn't know like how fast that it was going to go so i like tried to finish my story or whatever so but i i think about it in context to the lca locker room Mm -hmm. And I, like you said, like those portraits up above the lockers, like those, they still have those. Yeah. And you know, this is like kind of where they have their what's now like a state of the art like monitor and all that stuff, like at the front of the room. Right. Um, there's kind of I, I don't know what we call it a mount, I guess. A yeah. Mount for where like a, a monitor would have hung. Um, if any of you want a collector's item, the TV mount or the <laughs> uh, smart board that was used to probably diagram all the times. Yeah. That uh, Erickson cheated uh, on on plays. Uh, that bracket is still available. I'm not sure if that's going to be in the auction on, yeah. in September. But is, it, so is there another auction? Because I know they had one. Yeah, yeah. Right, right now it's the company that's correct. Yeah. So right now it's just the seats, and then in September there's a bunch of other things because there's um, uh, a bunch of these scoreboards uh, like up near the suites. Those still have their signage and the and and a couple other things in place. So like they. It's a it is a staggered sell off. This mm -hmm. is we're gonna we're we're selling the frills first, and then now we're gonna start selling the plumbing, and then you know I assume that they'll just you know who's we, buying the plumbing from this like uh, you no know, way <laughs> you know you never know right well he might just it might just be good for scrap right oh okay yeah yeah because again oh. there's pretty much like make I your money you where like auction style like oh right the toilet like, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, yeah that's my plumbing knowledge do you know right what's there. been in this pipe. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I was just thinking of, of like like a like a wife buying that for her husband for Christmas. It's like oh, I got I got you surprised. It's something from Joe Louis Arena, and you'll never guess what it is. That's no, right. The way that would go is the husband buys it, and he goes, "You'll never guess what we got." And she yeah, goes, yeah. "You're never bringing that in yeah. here." This is this is this is the urinal. No, honey, no, no. But you don't, honey, you don't understand. It's the urinal. I'm sure it is. Get it out of here. Um, 
The only thing I so I remember they had the first auction and I remember looking at it and I, the only thing I considered buying was they had the entire stalls for the visiting dressing room, oh, wow. it, like the big wooden thing where and I, and I'd done I, you know for a majority of my time in Detroit I was covering the entire league and so I spent ninety nine percent of my time in that the visitors room which I, and I just thought of how many times I sat in front of one of those stalls and you're talking to a, a Gets laugh or Crosby or whoever it is, and so that's that's where my like attachment was was, and I did my so much work in front of these. It would be cool to have that yeah. in my base in your whatever. office. Yeah, but it was more than I wanted to spend. And I was like, they're like, you have to come get it, and it's like a yeah. lot of work. <laughs> like, wait a minute, <laughs> like I got to put this back together. <laughs> Listen, I thought this was going to be like a Venmo thing, right? Like, <laughs> I I thumb you the the, the yeah, hundred well, bucks, and I then drive it's somewhere to get yeah. this. No, you're gonna have to come get it. This is. <laughs> Have the drones drop I'm off. used to Amazon where like, yeah. I just think about it and it shows up on the yeah. doorstep. Yeah, a lot of people think about, <laughs> about Amazon stuff. Anything, so I, can't, I can't tell you how many books have just showed up. And I'm like, I think I just said I would like to read that at some point, And all of a sudden, like it's three like, showed up. isn't that terrifying, though? Like how like you'll, you'll be having a conversation and then you get the, the ad sense yeah. for it like an hour later. Like you never. So that's you true, never right? Googled that's not it. just my imagination. No, that happens. No, okay. uh, so it, it absolutely okay. happens. Yeah, it's I, terrifying. I, all I did was say out loud, hey, I think it'd be cool to go to Chicago for Labor Day. And there's already ads like uh, Labor Day book, deals. Booking.com <laughs> has some <laughs> express deals to, to, to set you up for the night. Yeah. Um, well, what's funny is, is like walking around here with it being completely stripped bare, but there's a chunk of stuff that's like still intact. Mainly the bathroom, which is actually, I, I'm trying to figure out which episode of Miami Vice this sink would have would have actually been in because it's like it's that classic '80s like textured gray with like little red accents and these like mirrors with like it looks like to be like little sconces with like yeah. what, assume, what I assume to be Red Wings. Uh, a branded lights and just it's it's really funny just imagining that like these are the you know just like looking in those mirrors it's just like man you know like feds was shaving in front of this thing you know you know Eisman was probably just like Ugh, and then like walked away or you know like here, here's Bertuzzi just like with, with you, I just imagine him with like a, a lumberjack axe just like shaving his face because he because I sure. feel like that's yeah. how like thick his beard was at, at one point but you know it's you know, I was just telling uh, Craig Max how I was reading Chris Chelios' book recently, and and it's funny to, to to that the sauna room that he came in and remodeled when he was traded here is is largely still intact. Like the bracket where the TV was yeah. is still there. Like I could bring in a flat screen right now and probably fire that thing up, and it, you know, but at the end of the day, maybe that's not the best idea because we're talking about a you know a wood bench that's been sitting around for forever, so you know mold. Right? You know, I'm sure you don't want mold, but... Well, it is incredible, though, because, like, the sauna, the bathroom, and the showers are probably the most beautiful part of this arena at this point. Like, they're, like, yeah. the least torn yeah. down. Like, the, the tiling, like you said, like, is still yeah. very much intact. The weight room is all, has all the mirrors still in there. That's true. And, yep. and, like, one of the pillars has, has a crack at the bottom. So, you know, like, I'm walking in there, and it's, like, you know, think of all the... You know, like, just all this exercise equipment yeah. and how none of those mirrors are just smashed to pieces. Right. Right. right? You know, yeah. and it's, it's really bizarre. Now the one room that I had only seen the, the first time I saw it was in the 24 seven that they were doing for Leafs wings. Yeah. And it's this, see this is, so we're in like, so when we say we're in the locker room, technically like the locker room is kind of like an all encompassing term. We're technically in the dressing room right now, but there's like a kind of a ready room that was off to the side, which had more of like dim lighting, kind of looked more like a cigar lounge. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I walked in there and 
you know, it's the, it's just like all these, like, I imagine there was all these wood cabinets, these really nice manicured lockers where guys would come in, take their suits off, and then, you know, go hit the showers, come in, dress, da, da, da. So it's, and it's kind of funny because um, I don't think you guys have seen yet, but spray paint on the walls is a go wings and go leaves. I, I did see that. I don't, I don't yeah, know who's, <laughs> I don't know who's been in here that that's what you had to do, or maybe that was like. When they were, I just assumed that was room. Mike Babcock getting one. Last. <laughs> 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 he's not going to return to do the podcast. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah, I just shot that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you just take a picture like modeling next to him, like, hey, if you come on, we get to talk about this, and he's like, I'm <laughs> sorry, who is this? Scene. Sorry, that was not, that was not serious at well, all. Um, like that area you're talking about, it, like I'm looking now, right behind. So I'm staring at Jay. Right behind him is is the workout area and the sauna. And there would, in, in this, you know, if it, in its heyday or whatever we want to say, or a year ago or whatever it was, yeah. there was, you know, there's black curtains. So for, as a reporter, that was the area, it was like Field of Dreams. You didn't cross this line yeah. or yeah. your legs started to disappear or whatever. <laughs> like that was, so it was still, I, I was almost like trepidatious walking here. Here we are in an empty building. And yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm not supposed to be back here like by just, the sauna, <laughs> Chelios' sauna. Like this is off limits here. I, what am I doing? Yeah, I, I have to admit, stepping back there, I immediately thought like, um, what was it? Uh, I, I thought like either either Chelios or or just someone else was just just coincidentally going to be here and be like, "What are you doing here?" And be like, "Oh, I'm sorry, no, this is busy. I just got pushed. I, I didn't see I didn't see anything. I didn't see your face. I don't know. I don't know what's happening here." You know, thinking like I'm about to get mafia hit. But um, yeah, so like looking around the locker room, is there? If we were to assign one specific moment to this locker room, that could be like a defining moment to like like in your opinion like the trajectory so this building was 1979 so and then 40 what no 38 years right is mm -hmm. that 79 yeah. so out of that in your opinion of all the things that this building has seen what would you assign as the most important thing to happen in this room oh man i mean so you don't want a generic winning the cup right? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i just uh, you know thought i i mean like yeah you, you like to me, if you're talking about kind of the, the peak, it's the spring of the champagne and the celebration. I'm trying to just be creative and think of... Were there any, like, great... Like, I, I don't know this. Like, were there any, like, great, like, like locker room, like, dust-ups or, like, arguments? Or would anybody have been, like... I'm sure there were, right? Like, and that's the, yeah. that's the weird thing about being in this, you know, on some level hallowed space that we, we only had access to in very controlled situations. But, yeah, imagine the... I'm sure Steve Eiserman had at it with some... You know, whatever. Yeah. Like, there was there was teammate fights and there was like, coaches just chewing somebody out yeah. in this room somebody got told they got traded here yeah you know yeah like, maybe that's the most the things yeah. that we don't even know like that this is yeah. gonna get torn down the only you know these walls are the only thing that know some of these stories yeah like that's i mean why have we not pioneered wall talking technology is that <laughs> <laughs> why is it not pete back me up on this i, I why is there not any wall talking technology that's been at least installed and played you know, we obviously can't do it without their knowledge, right? They'll know the that they're walls. being recorded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. but like for me personally, like I, the 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 moment that, just as a kind of a neutral observer, I'll I'll never forget covering was '09 when the Penguins won here. Oh, not to like Red Wings fans are all cringing right yep, now. And yep. I apologize for this. Yeah. But we're literally like Mark Andre Fleury makes that save. We could throw a, you know one of these rocks off the ground, you know, and and hit them. In, and so then you imagine what this room was like coming that close, right? And these guys coming in and Lidstrom sitting right there. 
you know, pointing at it. And, yeah. And a shot that, again, I talk about him being the nicest guy. I brought it up to him for, for the book I did, and I remember asking about it, and he's like, oh, I don't, he, like, he, that was the one thing. He, still, you know, he doesn't want to talk about the shot that doesn't go in, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's, I, I don't know, I, I, I think if I was going to put, I'd like to think that if it, I, I don't know if it happened here, so I'm just, and you guys can, can tell me if it the closed door meeting they had in 02 after they went down two nothing because they had a home ice. Yeah, wasn't that on a plane? Was okay. So I don't might, know. I don't know for sure. Know. So I'm just but so, so, for the sake of this podcast, I'm gonna say sure. it happened right yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, it happened right here. I just feel like like that's the type of moment that yeah. I guess I would assign at least for me personally like the most fun of the two, and, and it speaks to what you guys are saying as well. Like think about those the the, the stuff we don't know that like the closed room meetings like. You know, think like this is the room that Babcock kicked HBO out of, right? Like this is yeah. this is a secret place, and <laughs> things that have said and can, you know will will be lost to the sands of time. But yeah, um, yeah. So um, for uh, so that's this locker room. What's funny is um, we'll probably take a tour of it after. But uh, I just want to let you guys know I walked through the visitors locker room. It is a dungeon, even in its in, in its current state. I can't imagine what that place would have looked like. When it was actually being occupied, wasn't it, it, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. I can't imagine it was because the, in, at least in the wings locker room, the toilets are fairly removed from where people are sitting and getting ready for a game. Not the case in the visiting locker room. It is, lot, there wasn't a lot of secrets when you walked in that. No, room. no, it was. <laughs> it was almost like just a giant room with no uh, separate. Like, like there's no doors to anything in there. It didn't look like there was any doors to anything. It was just like there were places where doors could have gone. But we didn't. It was like they were all closed. Is there a way for us? I would actually like to do this exercise to try to chisel and see how many coats of paint Scotty Bowman painted on the <laughs> visitors' dressing room <laughs> in, in an attempt to like yeah. fume them out before big games. <laughs> like, is it thicker there? I, I yeah. think Did you bring your toolbox? Yeah. Like, I, like I've had people point. Like, I think if we look at the lines of the cinder blocks in yeah. here, it's probably deeper. Like, if we go there, it may be a straight line at this point yeah. from the yeah. coats of paint. Yeah. I, I, okay, well, well we're, <laughs> I got a key. We can use a key. All right, we'll yeah, use a key we're, as we're, a measurement. We're all going to get our keys, and we're all going to key the place. Uh, in, the me- <laughs> in, in, in the meantime, uh, Pete actually has some of our mailbag questions that we want to bring to you guys because, you know, when you do have people listening, I know, shocker, right? People actually listen to us. Uh, Pete, what's our, uh, what's our mailbag fun stuff for today? All right, so I just, I just have two. Um, I'm going to do the fun one first, um, and... Basically, this is a this is a, a very timely question for a reason that you'll understand in just a minute. Um, but this is like the classic Wingin' and Motown uh, mailbag questions that they would ask us on our other show, Wim Radio, which is you know just devoted to the Red Wings. So here we go. Would you rather fight one Eric Tangretti sized duck or a hundred duck sized Eric Tangretti's? As as a preface. Pete wasn't. Pete gave no guarantees that this question was gonna get was gonna get asked today, and I'm I'm actually very glad that he decided to ask it. So, <laughs> so this is Max. this is a riff on the quintessential one duck sized horse or a hundred yes. duck sized horses. Why Eric Tangrady? Yes. Do we know why? Do we know Eric? why Eric Tangrady? Like, I I honestly don't know. I think it started before I started writing for the site, and so by the time I was doing that other podcast, I know it was like we would get variations on this in every single mailbag. So I don't know, I don't know why they, they chose Eric Tangretti. Sounds, okay. so, sounds like an and investigative all, journalist. How tall this is, is all Eric bare hands. I need, to, I need more information. How big is Eric? Do we have a hockey DB? 
I know so, you're surfing the web over there. Yeah, today, well, while you guys have been videos. talking, I've just been I've just been looking at my uh, my plus this is, minus. This is mono a mono, right? Like no Eric, weapons. Just look at your uh, just look at your Twitter <laughs> catheter. Yeah, are we yeah. allowed to bring anything to this fight? Yeah, like, do we yeah, have, yeah. Can I bring like my digital he is, recorder? He's uh, six four two twenty six. Six four two twenty six. But it doesn't matter because he's either duck sized or 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 all right. The, but it no, would be okay, a no, it's, it's one one uh, one hundred duck sized. Uh, Eric Tengradis. Yeah. I don't want a six four duck anywhere near me. <laughs> um, yeah. Especially if I can bring like a hockey stick and I'll just like broom them away, you know. Um, but I, I think generally like your only your only big fear is that at duck size, even his arms strong, you know, I'm sure the guy's a strong guy or whatever, yeah. they're not gonna make that much make that much of an impact. No, but they can they're smart enough to collaborate. To try to drown I'm you. I'm taking yeah. the one. Because yeah. hundred Eric Tangradis like they're gonna get like after I sweep ten of them away with a hockey stick, they're gonna get together and be like, "All right, that's not working." Because we're is talking this, about one hundred. But okay, but is this one hundred of them? So easily twenty five of them could distract Craig, but, okay. while the other seventy five are able to like. like do but what are they gonna get steamrolled by a hundred Eric Tangrys? Okay, but so is this one of those deals where like when you shrink something, like it retains its like strength properties? Like he can't like jump to like the height, right? Like he can only. It's no. not Ant-Man power. Tank, right, right, exactly. We're talking just the size relative to his actual Right, size. so like... Well, like he, and his brain power would be smaller than same. in theory? Or same? The brain power is the same. Would his brain power be split amongst well, he's got a duck-sized brain now. That's right. Right? Yeah. Bigger the brain, you use more of the percentage because yeah. 10 percentage at that size versus 10 percentage at this? Oh, uh, I might dude. be able to outthink 100. Right, and, and because they're just, it's just going to be like fighting 100 ducks, only they can't fly now. Which is my biggest <laughs> fear, which is my beer, biggest fear of the ducks anyway, yeah. right? See, there's like different facets to this question that just like present themselves. Yeah. It's like all the information is there, but then you think about it, and all of a sudden you're like, oh my god, that's hmm. no. Well, see, although, <laughs> I always a, in, in the horse size. I always duck come back to Army of Darkness. I take the one horse sized duck, but in the Tangrady, because like I don't want all those horses, you yeah. know. But mm -hmm. I, I think like a guy who stands on two legs. Um, maybe just easier. I, could, I don't know. Okay. I would take one duck-sized Eric Tangrady. One duck-sized so Eric Tangrady and then... Yeah. 100 you just got to deal with one thing. Like, it's just or, a numbers thing yeah. for me. Like, yeah. if I can yeah. handle no, that one, one thing... No, it's not one duck-sized Oh, no, one... one. Eric I mean, one Tangrady angry duck. Yeah. 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 We have a 6'4 duck. It's going to, like... Claw you! It's I can pick you up and it, throw though, and, like, you. It flies, Craig. It flies. Do we have weapons? Did we establish this? Do I have anything to? A weapon. A weapon changes the game. Yeah. Yeah. It certainly does. Well, again, having recently, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Big Hero Six. Yes. I have. Okay. Many so, times. In right. Many so, so the bad guy in that in that film uses Hero's technology, basically little tiny mm -hmm. nanobots, to coordinate an attack. That's why I am more inclined to take on the Tangredi-sized duck because what, we're talking again, one hundred ducks. Yeah. All right. Like I, I know I, we I, I know we laugh at it. The is the but, Big Hero Six compared. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. They'd get together. They would form something. Yeah. They get, like again. We're talking about yeah. think about all the classic hijinks that Kevin McAllister pulls up the marbles. You know, all they have to do <laughs> is just put enough leverage under one foot. All of a sudden, you're falling are they over. smart enough to do that? That's what mm. we don't know. That's right. That was smart technology. But, right. but I have to say, like, yeah, I am, we don't know if the Eric Tangrady has been, <laughs> been gifted uh, nanobot technology to further communicate. As this does keep going, though, I am starting to realize like the gravity of a hundred. hundred. Yeah, like, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. like because they're gonna bull yeah. rush. Like, no matter even if they're even if they're dumb as hell, they're gonna bull rush, right? Yeah. Like, like you sitting in this dressing room that was, well, you know, it's half this dressing room, right? Yeah, fair to say. Yeah, that's fair. 
That's that's pretty scary. It's a lot of like they can they can block a door. Then, not only that, they're talking mm. smack at you. Mm. Right? They're they are talking at you. Eric's they, a really good dude, I think. Like, what, well, hundred of them, and then the objective is to to fight you. Is this right? Wouldn't that wouldn't that like, is this to the death? Like, how does, like can I tap out? <laughs> like, what happens here? Well, yeah. Well, that's in, inherently the question. Would would you rather fight? So we're talking. But about, like, what's the stakes of the fight? Like, am I fighting to the death? <laughs> there's like, not enough information. Well, what if you step? <laughs> is it like a trial by combat? <laughs> I mean, trial by, trial by here's, okay. Here's actually a great way to think of it. Hmm. I would take the one because I wouldn't want. A hundred deaths on my conscience. Like, <laughs> <it's a fight. laughs> like if true. even if you win, oh, and wouldn't you rather kill a duck than a rectangle? Absolutely. Right? Okay. Ab- yeah. oh, that's a great point. So yeah, this is it's, really it's, yeah, wild. you're right. Really easy wow, it took me here. way too long to come there, to the yeah. objectively <laughs> morally correct <laughs> answer. <laughs> we we all found ourselves. Today yeah. With, oh my god. With where we morally fall on the yeah. Uh, I, I was just picturing, I was just picturing the confession there. It's like, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. I just killed one thing. It's like, it, 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 is there anything else? Yeah, there's 99 more things. <laughs> I just killed a duck-sized person. This, is, yeah. this, this cannot be good. Okay. See, the, the father like pulls out a notebook. It's like, okay, he's got to like, he's got to consult the rule book about what to it, how you atone for that. Like, okay, so 99 does. Uh, <laughs> Talking at least fifty yeah. Hail Marys. Uh, say your rosary like three times a day, and not to mention that's illegal. Like killing a duck if, if it's in that's season. Sport. Oh yeah, sport. Yeah. yeah. Oh, geez. See, this is this has just became so easy. I'm so glad we resolved this. Any, yeah. any other uh, <laughs> questions you need us to, to answer? Pete, what's the next question? <laughs> I, 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 honestly, I'm just going to skip the next one because I don't think we're topping that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on the subject of what which we would rather fight, the decision has been soundly made. Unanimously. There Unanimously. we go. Okay. Yeah. So, um, right. So for our third and final topic, um, this is a question that's been plaguing me for a long time, and I wasn't exactly sure if there is going to be ever an answer, but I feel like with the, the four of us combined, we could arrive at something. There was a production line. There was a production line too. And then the Red Wings weren't good for a while. But then they got good again. So my question is, why was there never a production line three? <laughs> Wikipedia says there was. Because I, I Googled this. And the Wikipedia says there was. Like it was like a variant. Like one guy like subbed in. And that beat was production line three. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we trust Wikipedia. Can we get a breakdown of, yeah. of the various. Um... Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, so. For for those of you who are unfamiliar, the production line is a uh, coined term referencing the Motor City, but it's also the nickname given to the line of uh, Sid Abel, uh, Ted Lindsay, and some washed-up guy by the name of Gordon Howe. Uh, the uh, it was, in my opinion, one of the cool. Like there's a there is a Bleacher Report list that breaks down the other cool nickname things. I mean, yeah. there are a lot of other type lines, other cool really awesome lines in the history of the game, which we can wax about in, in a sec here. But, yeah, the production line one, one was... was it, where was it on the list, just out of, if you remember? On, on the list that I saw, they had it ranked at number two, and I thought it was dumb. What was one? Uh, the number one is the... Uh, Don't look it up. You know it's the MPH line. <laughs> it is a, the line from the Chicago Blackhawks, Pitt Martin, Jim Pappen, and Dennis Hall. But I feel like you have to factor the quality of the players in, like... The name is only cooler when the players are like. Yeah, and I feel like it, mm. it, again, being called the production line, and you have, and that's, and those three players are what yeah, the production right. line consists of. I don't, I don't think. Yeah, it's I, tough I, to talk. I feel like the the Can you article could have gone. Detroit, like the. Yeah. I mean, what does MPH? 
miles per hour. I think. No, I understand yeah. what it is. Like, <laughs> like, I understand what it is. I understand what it is. What is catheter? Like, how oh, did that tie man. to Chicago? Like, there's, yeah, I, I, don't I know. wanted to work on multiple levels. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, so, I mean, the reasoning for the MPH line being number one is that it was they were voted as all stars in the '74 All Star Game together and were introduced together. I don't think that's. I don't think that's. Yeah, a you're not Thompson. No, you gotta do better I, than I, that. I, I mean, again, what the article should have done is like maybe list them based on ratio to you know effectiveness of the line and then how the line can tie the line yeah. nickname can can be dyed into. But uh, so according to Wikipedia, the uh, production line one was Abel, Howell, and, and Lindsay. Uh, production line two. Uh, they uh, swapped out um, Abel for uh, Del Vecchio, literally because Abel was traded to the Blackhawks. Um, and so production line two was Del Vecchio, Lindsay, and Howe. And then according to this thing, just saying that in the late 60s, there was a production line three, but it was replacing Ted Lindsay with Frank Mahovlich. So um, I, I think, that first of all, this is the first I've heard of it. I, the third one, yeah. The third one, I, I again, we're talking about the late '60s. That was prime. Under the Red Wings were not in the conversation at that time. I mean, that was when Lindsey. That was just before he was traded for all the. I can tell a lot about that. I did a lot of research on yeah. that. Yeah. Next hour about why Ted Lindsey was traded. Yeah, yeah. The, that's actually one of the, like the greatest stories of all time. And again, the I'll plug Craig here because I already did a, a like a neat little story tweet thread on it he did a phenomenal article recently with uh with ted Lindsay, and um if you even if you are a red wings fan and you know a lot about him you probably don't because his is a life that is just vastly uh interesting entertaining roller coaster ride i mean he's the catalyst for where things are today in terms of the hierarchy of having a players union and, and a players association and it's, it's yeah, don't call it a union i'm actually Referenced when I was talking to Ted and called it a union, and he's still at you know whatever ninety two was like right. correcting me. He's like association, association, we, we correct, correct. correct. Yes. I'm like, so, of course, Mr. Lindsay, if you're listening, first of all, thanks for checking if my head was okay because I bumped it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he. Yeah, and thanks for listening. Also, terrible, terrible, Ted. <laughs> Glad to have you on as a listener. So that story um, was unreal. So okay, so as somewhat hosts and, and arbiters of this discussion, I'm declaring that this production line three doesn't count. So. In your fandom of this sport, basically from, you know, after production line two to now, if you were going to bestow production line three to something, who would you do it to? And, and, if, and if they aren't, I mean, my, my opinion is with the type of roster of talent that the Wings are bringing up soon, I would actually love for, a, for something now to happen so that maybe we can just christen it that way rather than trying to dig through years and years and years of stuff. Well, <laughs> I've got a lot of problems with this. <laughs> okay. So, Craig has problems. Let's work through this. So there wasn't a production line in arguably, you know, in the modern era, the greatest, you know, the Red Wings win all these cups recently with Eisenman or whoever, and all the you know, Hall of Fame fourth line. Yeah. So whatever talent the Red Wings gather in their latest iteration during the rebuild isn't going to come close to being, you know, whatever they put together Sure, so, sure, okay. 2000s. So I would say it would be a disservice to the production. I'm not to end this immediately, but I, I, <laughs> like if you didn't if you didn't come together with a production line during that era, yeah. you certainly aren't going to do it in the Dylan Larkin era, I don't think. Okay. And I don't think you should 
have another production line yeah. because you already had one. Right. That and was sequ- great. Sequels suck. Like, yeah. you know, like yeah. the number two worked because you were swapping in one guy. And mm-hmm. so it was like modified. But so like, that, but, but you're saying by the third quote unquote entry. That's why I agree that like the Mahavala shouldn't count either because like, like Del Vecchio still Alex Del Vecchio, you right. know, and yeah. like, I don't no no disrespect to Frank yeah. Mahavlich. Just you know, like that yeah. the, the the if you're listening, Frank. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Frank, right, this is for you. <laughs> but, like, you know, Abel gets traded so you swap in Del Vecchio and you still got, you know, whatever. So but I think like just those players, like we just talked about, like, those make that nickname more than it was. Like it was a great nickname just with the city ties, but the actual players on it, like I don't like the Red Wings would be hitting the lottery if they have any one of any of those other three guys like eventual stature in the game that they could put on a production line right like do you have a Lindsay Howe or or Abel no like, yeah yeah you so the only if we're really playing this out because we're on a podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> the only scenario where we could entertain it is if they win the lottery and they have Jack Hughes at center and then sign Panarin in the summer as their big free agent get Maybe Zadina on the other wing, and okay. and and Zadina and Hughes turn out to be Hall of Fame players. And even then, you can't do it for like two or three years yeah, until two they're or all three, like a decade or yeah. something. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, like they all to be like established, like you know, best line in the league, basically. Right. Okay. But it, to shoot it down, if Panarin's <laughs> not signing with Columbus, he's not signing with Detroit. Well, I mean, likely. you know, who, if if you were going to have your choice between like which rebuild you'd want to take part in, I mean. Brand new building, original six team, you know, recent, you know, yeah, it's, again, we're talking apples and apples and you can have your own personal reasons and stuff. I mean, I, I still think personally you would, I would take the history and like, hey, this is, I get to say I played for the Detroit Red Wings, right? It's like, I don't know how many people get to say like, I played for the Blue Jackets, right? I don't know. If I don't know. Artemi Panarin. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he does. Yeah. But what's Milstein say? I'll ask Dan. Good question. Yeah. yeah. We'll follow up with Dan. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, my I actually had an answer, and it, you guys can feel free to to turn it on because I feel like I found one line, and it is actually fairly recent that could maybe be whispered. Okay. In the same <laughs> line as maybe if it became a production line three, which is the Datsuk Zetterberg Holmstrom. Because. But so we have to go back in time though. No, no. Well, no. That's what I was saying. Like oh, I, I was saying, like in in the history of like of things that happened. I mean, don't get me wrong. You already answered the question fairly well because like you're saying like they did have the powerhouse this, teams this and line existed and nobody and nobody, nobody called christened it, it so what i'm saying like if did we, that could, line if we wanted to you know like we could just say like hey like we're going to retroactively <laughs> as, uh, christen that line as production well, we can all edit for, wikipedia can we not well i have it up right now <laughs> i mean i've been on the last literally as we've been talking i've been typing verbatim <laughs> the reason why look the reason also, why we're editing the article in, in support of that idea you know, Wikipedia has the location of where stuff gets edited. If it gets edited in from Joe Lewis Arena, I it feel like it counts. Like it carries some weight. We'd be yeah. Like, yeah. It, this, we have christened that line, yeah. the production line. <laughs> yeah, it was but... decided in the locker room. <laughs> I would say this is the most important moment. Yeah, this is the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Screw all the closed-door meetings and all the times the guys got told, hey, get pack up your stuff, you're going to GR, right? Like, yeah. that's, that's, that's the most important thing. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in favor, though, kind of, of and I would – make this motion to the floor of never <laughs> having a sequel to a line. Like that's okay. what makes yeah. line names great. Yeah. And I like, even with like, so one, another great one in Red Wings history is the grind line. And there's like debate and even what that exactly yeah. was like you swap out, you know, McCarty for whatever. Yeah. And it's, 
I like my lines. I, I like to be able to say, hey, what's the MPH line? And you know it. And I, and I wouldn't have been able to name that for the record. Right. But like, I, you can name the production line pretty quickly. Yeah. And, and I think that's a characteristic of a great line. Well, and, and again, I would certainly hope that the Wings can get to the point where they can christen. Because I, I mean, you know, okay, it may be gimmicky, but I myself, you know, miss having assigning something right you know like the klm line or the legion yeah. of doom or french connection like there's some like cool names out there. yeah is there even a good line right now in the league where you're like i don't think that there's a current see what's weird is we're talk... we're... this well, is the, the funny Ve- part the vegas's top line was they had something didn't they yeah was it what was that called mm. well the one that so the penguins had theirs with uh, kessel the um what's it called the k uh, uh kessel... hbk yeah 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 kessel haglin what was it? HBK, right? The HBK line. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that's probably, I'm trying to, yeah. like, that That was pretty prominent in a big moment. Did Vegas right. not have a name? The Marcheseau line? Yeah. I don't know if that one had a name. Yeah, there's not a great, there's not a French connection, certainly, right? There, now. Yeah, it's, I, I guess, uh, and I guess the other part about bringing this up is, like, there's so many cool things about this game that aren't around anymore, and I wish that they would come back, and, the, and that's, I feel like that's something would, would be actually kind of cool, at least... Now, if we're talking about like marketing wise, I mean, I, I'm sure yeah. people would get behind it because it'd be like, hey, you have you have a marketable thing to put out there. You put it on shirts, you can say you know, line it up. But you know, it's kind of weird because like the, the million dollar line, the triple crown line, like there's all these like really Hall of Fame names, and like none of them are within like the last 25 years. I'd also like to retire the kid line. Like anytime like two players in their first year are together on a line, it yeah. immediately becomes <laughs> the, the millionth kid line. So can we retire that also while we're doing? Yeah. But I agree, and I think part of it to to kind of you know prescribe a, what what the issue is. I think it's because coaches tend to put their lines together in pairs rather than trios. So they just find two guys they like together, and they'll cycle the third guy out constantly. Yeah, and that tends to be the preferred way to coach right now in the game. And I think it doesn't make for great line naming. It really doesn't. Okay, so like we've again, I. I to be honest, saw this going a different way. I thought we were going to have fun, talk about... Uh, <laughs> yeah, we got way too serious. Like, <laughs> you're asking serious, two people to analyze things. <laughs> we just, like, seriously. admonished you for the, the mere idea well, of this. How dare you try and retroactively name... <laughs> Nothing matters. <laughs> <laughs> the cake is a lie. Oh, my goodness. So, um, okay, so now that that's been put to bed, um, this is our... Uh, I, I want to wrap things up because, um, you know, we, we've talked a lot about the history of stuff here, and, and I wanted to open it up to... To you guys, just, you know, we the last game at the Joe was uh, really uh, just like the, the kick the doors out. Just that was a really fun night. But, yeah. you know, now that we're sitting here now, you know, in, in a little bit more personal way, especially with. Somebody just flushed the toilet behind, like a, the ghost of Chris <laughs> Chelios. I didn't see anyone walk in here. Literally all of the ghosts of Joe Lewis past have now decided to join us, and, and, and they're now Welcome to the, the show at, at whim. I don't know if that's going to show up on the record, Pete, but that's actually pretty cool. <laughs> um, so, you know, now, now we have kind of like this time for ourselves, because, again, we're talking about the last game is this big to-do about, you know, hey, it's... And, it for, and what was so nice about it is because it was... For sure, the last game. They missed out on the playoffs. They didn't yeah, have to worry is, about, hey, you know right. what? We're gonna what game? Celebrate this and <laughs> yeah. win, the, win the round after after you know after game two of the, like an opening round. They'll decide to do all the the festivities, but then all of a sudden the series goes seven. It's like okay, we're back, but people already ripped chairs out of the, out of the <laughs> wall here. Capacity is gonna take a dip. So you know, 
you have this moment to, to look at this building. I mean, we'll, we're going to walk around a little bit after, after we uh, record it, but, you know, if you were going to say something about this, we're just officially calling this a unofficial official Joe eulogy. You know, your thoughts on the building, how it affected you, what it meant to you, and, and then, you know, what, what you... How you did it make you a better person? Just the long yeah. yeah. Did the Joe? Yes, yeah. absolutely. I, I I lose ten pounds every time. I, <laughs> no, so to me, what I, I experience a lot of what the visiting team experiences when, like, we we parked in the little hallway right outside the dressing room, and they have the they have the names of every Stanley Cup winner written on the walls. They have the Hart Trophy winners. They have the Stanley Cups the Red Wings have won directly above the visiting rooms door i'm sure it's intentional and i think the red wings won a lot of games because of that because of this building before they even began like i would talk to players and they would visiting players would walk in and they're still dressed in their you know their, their coats and their suits and ties and they're staring at the wall and they're reading every list of every award winner the red wings have ever had every cup that's ever been won in, you know in this organization's history and they're taking that time and that there was for a time there, and it was gone. It was gone a little bit by the end, but there was certainly a bit of an awe when you walked in this building, and I think that's what's lost now with the with the new building. And and it's not a criticism of Little Caesars Arena, but whatever that was that that happened when you walk in the hallways here doesn't exist now. And maybe it's going to take thirty years of success and and actually winning some games and yeah. and that sort of thing. And you can't transfer that over down the block, but that to me is what I'll remember. It's interesting. I, it was just w when uh, there, there was a man in here taking pictures in the locker room. He said he always wanted to come in here. I, I stepped out for a minute to kind of just walk around the outside, and the the man uh, was it Peter, the man who let us in. Uh, Kirk. Oh, the guy who let us in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah Peter. Yeah. Yep. So he um, he was like, so what exactly are you guys doing? And I tried to kind of explain the concept, and I was fumbling over my words. And he said, I get it. You're just trying to, you know, bring the spirit of one place and move it into the next. And I thought, well, like, shit, that was way better than I could have ever said. It's got chills. I know. And, and, oh my God. and so I never, I've, I've been here maybe five times. Like, I was, I was here one time as a reporter, a couple times for, you know, GLA games, and then two or three games as a kid. I, I kind of want to tell the story of the first time I was here, if that's all right. So I was a kid, and I, um, I was from Grand Rapids, so we went to Griffin's games a lot. Um, I don't know how old I was. I must have been, based on where I was going to school, third or fourth grader at the time. And my mom, one day, there was like a note. I don't know if she handed it to me or if it was like in an envelope by my bed or something. But I read the note, and my mom was just kind of laying out like, hey, like, you know, on this day, we're going to go to Detroit. I'm going to pick you up from school early, and we're going to take a tour of the Joe. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever. And, you know, I don't know if it was at the bottom of the note I think it was, and then the note continued, and it was like, and then after that, we're gonna like stay for the Red Wings game, and that was like the biggest deal ever to me. Like I, I like I said, I, I've like a lot of sports for a long time, but until I was about eight, it was just hockey, and um, I think that was around that time. And so we we drove up here, we got Pizza Hut, I'll, I remember that, and uh, I ate it in the car as we drove up, and just the way that I felt as a kid that first time they played the St. Louis Blues, I believe. And uh, I'll never forget, like, just feet, like knowing how much bigger sports could be than, you know, Grandpa's is a great town, mm -hmm. and there's good sports there, but, like, a pro sports game, like, knowing how much bigger they could be. And that's what this building meant for me. Like, the last time I was here was for a Kanye concert. 
but like I'll never like that that one when I was eight will always be what I think of like just walking in here and knowing everything that had happened even as an eight-year-old that was in loss at me and just what what sports could be Pete you well <laughs> sorry I, I turned uh, way way up in my ears and <laughs> scared me <laughs> um yeah I, I've only been there I I, I went there uh, like on one trip so I went to two games uh the last year, the last year of the Joe, um, you know, I grew up going to Nassau Coliseum, which is another another building that has a lot of history. And the uh, the the amount of history and kind of the feeling of the building itself kind of overrides the state of the building, if you will. Like I remember being up in 303 at Nassau Coliseum and one of my friends put his fist through the ceiling after a goal and he jumped up and, you know accidentally went through the ceiling and the next year we went to the home opener the hole was still there um (laughs) so so for me i like i said like i obviously you know grew up watching a lot of games at julius lewis arena but i only got to really go there um for two games fortunately the uh the first game was the the game against Pittsburgh last year or not last year but but that year when they won 6-3 and Athanasiu scored the end-to-end goal where he went through the entire Penguins team. So that was you know that was definitely a really awesome experience to have of you know getting a big win against a obviously a very good team and then the next day we beat Montreal. Um I think it was like one it it, it wasn't as nearly as exciting of a game. I think it was 1-0. Um, but, you know, just walking around and getting to see the, um, you know, getting to see the statues in the concourse and things like that, um, you know, it, it definitely was a really special place, even though, like I said, you know, I didn't really get to spend as much time as, as I would have liked. Jay? Th- th- thank you. Thank you. Th- thank you, Pete. Um, well, the moving here, so I like I went to games. Uh, first is a little kid living in Chicago at Chicago Stadium, and that place was just like, the like it was exactly as everybody remembers it. It was the madhouse, and it was loud, it was uncomfortable, but you were watching hockey, and and then moving here, and then this is where I'm, you know, I, I moved right in in between the '97 and '98 cups, so like the buzz was there. Everybody's excited. Everybody is just like completely over the moon about what's happening, and. Um, you know, I, I, I've had the chance to, to, to experience this building both as a spectator, but then also as, as a member of, um, quote unquote, the work, the working media. And it's really interesting to see like the differences in how you're able to take in a game from the building. And I, I have to say it's, it's one of the last buildings that I think was able to be built to have you continually on top of the game, no matter where you were. And that's something that's I think is lost in all major sporting arenas right now. Like you're really far away from the action, you're really removed from what's happening, and then then all of a sudden you're at ease. Then you can lean back, then you can look at your phone, then you can talk to your friends. You know, like you're then then it just becomes a place that you're hanging out in. Whereas every time I went to the Joe, I didn't check my phone like the entire time because mm-hmm. I'm first of all like maybe a little uncomfortable, so I'm like automatically just kind of like, oh, all right, well, might as well watch the game and take off the uh, frustration of, you know, like my shins are buried in the back of the seat in front of me, right? So, like, but being that close to the game, like, one of my favorite parts, uh, like, I've only sat, like, two rows from the glass only, like, a couple of times. I mean, I, I know some people who've never been able to sit on the glass, but, like, being even that close is just, like, 
a thrill because I think that Joe was able to, like I said, get you as close as possible without, you know, obviously being, you know, on the bench. And one of my favorite moments was, um, <laughs> it was, uh, we were sitting uh, on the, um, the opposing side and we were like kind of right on the corner just before the glass turned in the corner. And it's those things where you're like, you watch the game for forever from like maybe high up or like kind of in the mid bowl. But this is the first time I'm watching it so up close. And Zetterberg is lining up for a face-off. And, like, he's getting, like, waved over or something. And, like, there's this, like, quick exchange between him and the ref. And just, like, being that close, just seeing him look at the ref and say, like, ah, f*** off. Like, and then he lines up for the face-off. I'm like, that stuff happens here? This is amazing. Uh, upstairs, it's like there's no sound whatsoever. But, like, down there, like, you hear the guys talking and you hear them whatever, and I feel like that's something unique about the Joe. I mean, yeah. granted, yeah, if you're on the glass, you could probably hear a lot of things anywhere, but just the proximity to everything here is is just amazing. And you know, as I'm walking through now that everything's torn up, I was just telling these guys it was it's in almost in no way accommodating for hockey. Like it's not. It almost feels like it's not, it, like they built a building and they were like, "Geez, how do we put a rink in a locker room <laughs> and bathrooms?" Like, I, listen, I'm just here to just put up the, the four walls and the roof. Anything right. else that happens on the inside is entirely up to you. But um, well, Maybe that was the secret, right? Like, yeah. That's what made it great was that's all you had to do was watch the hockey game. Yeah, and I think that's – and I wish that that's what more of the – hopefully that's what I hope that um, LCA can turn into because I – you know, granted, they did pack a lot into it, and, you know, we're talking about the first couple months there, and everybody's – you know, the seats are always the big – you know, like why yeah. there's so many empty seats. I'm like, well – Maybe in like the first six months here, it's kind of understandable because you now have a concourse that a you can walk around in. There's actually stuff to do on the concourse. Like there's a bunch of like ancillary activities that they packed into going to the game now, where it's like you almost want to just like buy a ticket to go to the game and just do all those things and not care about the game and get all that out of the way first. That way you can just go watch the game. But here it was like they scanned you in. You got your beer, you sat down, you watched the game. Like, there was no, you know, hey, go to the team store, da-da-da. Like, any of that stuff you wanted to do, you either did before or after. It was not. And it had it had its own unique sound, too. Like, that, that's what I'm going to miss is, is like, when the, the crowd would cheer. There was no, like, artificial entertain. There was nothing between, you know, it was just like, we're playing hockey here. And it. It almost felt like you could almost like envision like smoke rising from the fifties or something. Like it oh, just yeah. had this old feel to it that yeah. Yeah. when the Red Wings scored a goal, it was like this roar that that you can't duplicate. Yeah. So the new place will definitely have to find its its soul in a different way. But again, this building just solidified itself so well, and whatever future holds for it, if it gets blown up for a hotel or an expansion to Kobo, I mean. You know, like being here in this moment, it's like really cool to just like sit and kind of just like take it all in. And you know, like, would it have been nice if all the lockers yeah. were still here? Sure, maybe. But you know, those that just because you take the lockers out doesn't mean the memories are gone. Yeah. So, um, Craig, it's at this point we have to tell you that this whole podcast has been a sham. <laughs> um, well, at least mostly a sham because it's still uh, getting published. So, <laughs> a couple months ago, I, I, I think you remember this when I went. I was saying, hey, I'm going to go to the jail and I'm going to pick up some seats. Hey, Craig, do you need anything? And Craig replied, hey, can you check to see if there's any popcorn still left in, in the press box? And I, didn't, and I didn't really follow up with him because I did, in fact, find remnants of what we all so dearly and lovingly enjoyed as working members of the media. So, mm. Oh, wow. It's a really big moment. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. 
Is that real popcorn? It is the real popcorn. So what I've just handed Craig for those listeners out there is a shadow box constructed much like entomologists hang insects, but it's four shells and four kernels of popcorn to signify the four Stanley Cups that were won in this building. And, and and now he's, he wanted the popcorn, so I got him the that's, popcorn. That's really, this is all I needed from this building. <laughs> yeah. that, that is perfect. We Thank talked you. about, we were talking about the Tiger's Press Box, and he was like, like, so I got all this stuff for Craig, like what, like, what should we do, how should we get it for him? And I was like, you should have him in the Joe to record your pod. And at that point, he was like, all right, well, then you got to come on. And I was like, I, and so, so, this is way too so, elaborate. No, like, so, so, like, so, like, two weeks ago, so, like, two weeks ago, we're trying to pin down a date with you. And you're, you're like, you might just have to do it without me. And I was like, that's not an option. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so congratulations. You uh, now have it. the ultimate keepsake. Uh, I'll, we'll post a photo on our uh, Twitter account of uh, Craig holding his loving keepsake now. So uh, forevermore, you'll have the, the popcorn that was schlepped up stairwell after stairwell and I ate so after much airwell. of this popcorn <laughs> oh like it's probably now like 20 percent of my body weight <laughs> I'll say, i'm gonna save it for uh, a rainy day yeah, yeah. Of time. yeah you'll, you'll <laughs> break it i forgot to add the break in case of emergency <laughs> sticker on it because it, there is a glass pane in front so oh uh, that's great um, thank you you're welcome so uh yeah so that's that's just about our our time here on the on the for sure podcast this is our 28th episode uh pete why don't you send us out with our usual spiel Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, like Jay said, thanks a lot for listening. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. I am at P Flynn hockey. Uh, Jay is at the roar underscore 24. Our podcast is at 200 foot pod. That's two zero zero F T P O D. Um, if you want to get some, uh, for sure merchandise, you can go to tinyurl.com slash F E R S H I R T. That's for shirt. And if you want to follow our guests on Twitter, you can go to at Craig Custance and then, uh, Max is M underscore B U L T M A N. Uh, they're both really good follows, so definitely make sure to check that out. Um, and so we'll be back at you in, I don't know, week, two weeks, something like that, pretty soon for episode 29. So from the Joe, we say bye. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure, for sure, for sure. It flies, Craig. It flies. For sure, for sure. It flies, Craig. It flies. For sure, sure, sure. It flies, Craig. It flies. For sure, sure, sure. For sure.